The Preface, Part 1 of The Interior Castle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Interior Castle, or the Mansions, by St. Teresa of Avila, translated by the Reverend John Dalton. The Preface. To the Right Reverend W. B. Eulathorne, D.D.O.S.B., Bishop of Birmingham. My Lord, it is with the greatest pleasure I dedicate this translation of St. Teresa's greatest work to your Lordship, and deeply grateful am I for having received your Lordship's kind permission to do so. I know well how devoted your Lordship is to St. Teresa, how much you admire her undaunted courage, fortitude, zeal, and confidence in God amidst all her immense labors and extraordinary interior trials, and above all, how anxious your lordship is that the same spirit of prayer and the same heavenly virtues with which that glorious virgin was so wonderfully endowed may be diffused more and more amongst all men, and especially amongst those holy religious who have chosen the Lord as the portion of their inheritance forever. The illustrious order of St. Benedict, has produced many admirable contemplatives and writers on mystical theology, all of whom speak in the highest terms of the works of St. Teresa. I am truly grateful for your Lordship's approbation of my humble endeavors to give a correct translation of those esteemed works, the doctrine of which the Church herself styles heavenly. I also return your Lordship many sincere thanks for your constant kindness towards me and the encouragement I have so frequently received from your Lordship to persevere in my humble labors. May length of days be given to your lordship, to rule with fruit a hundredfold over the diocese so dear to your lordship's heart. And may St. Teresa intercede for you, that your lordship may have grace to imitate her heroic virtues. Begging your lordship's blessing, I am, my lord, your very respectful servant, John Dalton. Aston Deventry, Feast of St. Aloysius, 1852. Preface. I venture to present to the public another translation from the works of the glorious St. Teresa, one of her greatest and sublimest productions, the interior castle, or mansions. It may not, indeed, meet with the approbation of many whose judgment demands respect, whose experience on the mission is very great, and whose opinions are entitled to every consideration. Some may even condemn the translation of such a work as unintelligible to the generality of readers and uncalled for in our present state. They may blame me, too, and wish I had devoted my time to the translation of other more useful and interesting works. I am ready to bow to the decision of those who are my superiors in every respect, some of whom, I am aware, do not advocate the translation of any of the works written by St. Teresa. To state here all their objections, and to answer them at the same time, would perhaps be hardly respectful. And why? Because how far such translations may or may not be desirable is certainly a subject which requires much serious consideration, and everyone is entitled to his opinion on the matter. I acknowledge that the mere fact of a book having been written by a saint, however excellent it may be in itself, is not always a sufficient reason for translating it. Some spiritual works, if translated into English, might do much more harm than good. Still, there seems to be a great difference of opinion as to the utility or propriety of translating certain lives of the saints, 
or certain works written by them. Some, for instance, strongly condemn the life of St. Rose of Lima, when it was first published by the Oratians, to whom we are indebted for so many valuable and edifying lives, and yet, how many more approved of that life? The life of St. Teresa, too, has been considered by some as exceedingly mystical, unintelligible, dry, heavy, while many more, and I think the greater number of readers, have been delighted and edified by its perusal and have spoken of it as worthy of general admiration, both on account of the supernatural wonders it relates, and for the practical lessons of perfection it inculcates. It would then be unbecoming in me to assume an air of authority, and to decide in favor of this or that particular opinion. But as I have received the highest and most flattering encouragement, both from bishops and priests, to continue the translation of St. Teresa's works, I trust I shall not be blamed for presenting the public with the present translation. Many, I think, will admire it as a most sublime composition, and others may perhaps condemn it. For my part, I admire it exceedingly. I should indeed be sorry to condemn anything written by St. Teresa. But to praise this work, the interior castle, as it deserves, I am unable and to understand the saint's explanation of visions and raptures is given only to those who have experienced them. But are we authorized to condemn a book simply because we cannot comprehend all that the saint says? Let us hear herself speak on this point. As the contemplation of heavenly things and that glory which the blessed enjoy does not injure us, but we rather rejoice thereat and endeavor to attain what they possess, so neither will it hurt us to see that in this exile it is possible for so great a God to communicate himself to a few miserable worms, and for so excellent a goodness and so immense a mercy to love them. I consider it certain that whoever shall receive any harm by believing it possible for God in this land of exile to bestow such favors, stands in great need of humility and the love of his neighbor. Some may say these things seem impossible, and it is good not to scandalize the weak but the harm is less for those not to believe them than to neglect doing a benefit to those on whom God bestows those favors, and who will excite themselves the more to love him who shows them such mercy. Our Lord exceedingly loves not to have his works limited. De Anne remarks, in answer to the objection that this work is unintelligible, Set pose a jusqu'ici empoche presque tot le monde de le lire on s'imagine que ces noms sont spéculations s'il est la vie que l'on ne peut rien comprendre cependant je suis persuadé que quel sublime quel soin on ne laissera pas de les interdire il trouvant mêlés de tons d'instructions excellentes pour ce que regarde les pratiques de vertu, qu'elles ne sont entre que très utiles. Whoever carefully peruses the work will, I am sure, be convinced of the truth of this remark. How many excellent practical exhortations the book contains, and these too, are recommended and enforced by a vigor, majesty, and purity of language, which is truly astonishing. It is far superior in many respects to her life. S. Antonio considers it the best of all the other admirable works of the saint. F. Columbet says 
that though the interior castle is one of the last monuments of the piety of this great woman, and though it was written in the midst of troubles and afflictions of all kinds, yet it will always bear the impress of her wonderful genius. One is astonished at the vigor and grandeur with which several of the chapters are written. Ribera says of it, the reader will find in this book admirable learning, and will plainly see with what great excellence and majesty of style and force of examples she conducts a soul to the very gates into which she herself enters, raising her from one degree to another to her very center, which is the seventh mansion, the palace of the celestial spouse and the king of glory, Jesus Christ. The venerable Father Avila, in a letter addressed to the Holy Mother, praises and approves in the highest terms the doctrine concerning prayer and her account of visions, interior speeches, raptures, etc., which are mentioned in this and other works of the saint. Yepes, Palafox, our own Albin Butler, and the learned writers of the last magnificent volume of the Bollandists, Father Gratian, St. Peter of Alcantara, St. John of the Cross, St. Louis Bertrand, St. Francis Borgia, F. Balazar Alvarez, Father Ripalda, F. Vicenzo Varon, and Dr. Hernandez, both consultors of the Inquisition. All these and several other learned and celebrated men have exceedingly extolled the interior castle as a production that one might almost style inspired. To enable the reader to understand the book, I would recommend a diligent perusal of Cardinal Bona's Via Comprendi Ad Deum, and also his celebrated treatise De Discretione Spirituum. Father Baker, also in his Sancta Sophia, has some excellent and valuable remarks on visions and raptures. No one, it seems to me, should attempt to say anything on mystical theology unless he understand the subject thoroughly. But who can be a greater authority in this most difficult science than St. Teresa? She is preeminently its evangelist and doctor. God gave her a particular faculty among her other sublime gifts for translating her vast internal experience of the mystical life into intelligible language and also of conveying what others might have felt or known but had never been able to express by means of ideas and illustrations at once apposite and familiar the most remarkable feature in the writings of saint teresa is that vigorous practical good sense which pervades whatever she says and whatever she advises how practical, for instance, is the fourth chapter of the seventh mansion. And, indeed, in almost every chapter of the same work, the saint takes an opportunity of inculcating humility, a knowledge of ourselves, obedience, meekness, charity, zeal for souls, a horror for sin, and an ardent love of God. There is nothing vague or uncertain about what she says. Her language is of the most real, decided, and definitive character that there is in this great work things far beyond the depth of almost all readers is most true but are there not most difficult things hard to be understood in the holy scriptures also alas for him who reads nothing but what he understands how many things are there which one may understand and practice in the interior castle and how perfect will they become who practice what they do understand and who nourish their faith with what they do not understand the saint commenced this book at Toledo on Trinity Sunday in the year 1577. She finished it the same year at Avila. It was composed in obedience to her confessor, the Reverend Dr. Velasquez, 
who was afterwards bishop of Osma. F. Gratian also united his command with that of Dr. Velasquez. The year 1577 was the very period in which the saint was engaged with the reformation of her order, and those who know her wonderful history will remember all the labors, sufferings, and persecutions she had then to endure. In addition to these, she was oppressed with bodily pains and infirmities, of which we can now have no idea. In her preface, she mentions having had, for three months, such a noise and weakness in her head that she wrote with pain and difficulty even on urgent business. And yet, in the midst of all her troubles and infirmities, she was able to compose, with the greatest calmness and ease, the present sublime work. How well did Teresa know and understand the power of holy obedience? End of the Preface, Part 1